new iMacs, iPods, iTunes, and for good measure, a new Chief Operating Officer at Apple. Plus, contest results, an interview with Bill Palmer, and more this week on MyMac Podcast 49. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com Podcast. from the MyMac.com studios, it's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. So I was wrong. I said new power books uh, on the last show. I said new black power books. And obviously I was wrong. Yeah, but it was a guess. I mean, yeah, I who knew what was coming through? Well, a lot of people, a lot of people predicted the video iPod and... Obviously, that's what it was. Although, Apple isn't calling it a video iPod. They're just calling it iPod. Yeah. With video capabilities, which is fine. Well, what did you expect it to look like? Because when I think of what a video iPod should look like, I would expect something more like arranged like a Sony PSP, I guess. No, this is exactly what I was thinking it would be. Yeah. A larger screen, but still about the same dimensions. Um, I figured that they'd probably make it a three-inch screen, and it's not quite that. But Mm -hmm. it's about exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah. So, um... The ability to download shows. I mean, we're both big Lost fans. Would you download Lost for a buck ninety nine? I mean, you have um, a DVR. But I have a DVR, but you know, if I missed an episode and I didn't record it, I think I probably would. I like Lost so much that it'd be worth two bucks to see the episode that I just missed. Well, and if I was a commuter who actually had a chance to sit and watch, yeah, an exactly. episode. If, I, if I rode a, the L or you know a, a bus or something mm-hmm. like that. A video iPod might be great, yeah. especially if you want to get clunked over the head and robbed for it. You know? <laughs> Let's jump into the news. Our news this week is coming from MacMinute.com, our news partners. Yep, you're up to date Mac news in a minute. So, start off with Apple Today, and this is as of October 12th. Apple Today introduced the f- new 5th generation iPod, which we just talked about. It has a 2.5 inch color screen, which can display album artwork and photos, play video, including music videos, video podcasts, home movies, and television shows. Apple's latest iPods holds up to 15,000 songs, 25,000 photos, or over 150 hours of video, and is available in a 30-gig model for $299, a 60-gig for $399, with both models available in black and white. I think the black and white is probably, other than it plays actual videos, I think finally a black iPod that doesn't have that really gaudy red wheel in the middle of it like the U2 black iPod it did. A classy-looking black iPod. I think a lot of people, including myself, has been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. So I'm quite happy to see it. Uh, Apple also announced on October 12th, iTunes 6, coming only five weeks on the heels of iTunes 5. Yep. Uh, and, of course, really the the really major big thing in iTunes 6 is the ability to purchase television shows, music videos, transfer them from iTunes to your computer, yep. and that sort of thing. Um we don't really re- need to to go through all that. Obviously, uh, television shows and music videos, buck ninety nine to download. Yeah. Um. I, and and we've talked about that in the past, where we both said I wouldn't spend a dollar ninety nine to to buy a music video. I mean, we talked about exactly mm-hmm. that price point with most of these features. Mm-hmm. Just what, uh, maybe two months ago. Right. And here it is. I mean, uh, we didn't predict that it was going to happen, we, but we both said I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy a music video for dollar ninety nine, although I I actually did. Oh jeez. Well, I just wanted I, I just wanted to see how okay. it worked. I bought uh, City of 
City of Lights or City of Blinding Lights from U2. Oh, well, yeah. And I've got the album. I've got the that album from U2. Mm-hmm. And that song I never really liked on the album. It's kind of slow and methodic, mm-hmm. and it just didn't really do anything for me. The live performance in this music video is absolutely... It's its a totally different song, yeah. and I really, really dig it. And actually, the first time I, I heard that version was in the HBO series Entourage. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that's besides the point. I bought it. It looks good. Um, it It's nothing that... It doesn't come close to DVD quality, obviously. And right. on my 23-inch screen, when you go full screen, you do see quite a bit of pixels mm-hmm. but at the native resolution it looked pretty good and even though it's not worth it to me for 2.99 i really sh- probably should have just bought an episode of lost but i've already seen them all and i didn't want just one episode of lost floating around on my computer yeah um i don't know i i, I can i can totally see buying you know let's say you don't have hbo and hbo gets their content in itunes mm-hmm. and i guarantee you that will happen yeah um a buck ninety nine to watch last night's Sopranos. Yeah, I would that, do that. That's going to happen. There's yeah. no way. Or Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Showtime's going to get their programming. I don't know any Showtime. I don't watch Showtime. I don't even have Showtime. Um, but their, <clears throat> their show's going to be in there. NBC. You know, The Apprentice is going to be on there. Sure. You know, and I, and <laughs> I read a blog somewhere. Dude, you got to see Donald Trump's hair on your iPod. It looks so. <laughs> um, but you know, a, a, a buck, two bucks. Yeah. I, I don't really see a problem with that, especially if you don't have cable in your area mm-hmm. or you don't subscribe to HBO, but you'd really like to watch The Sopranos. Here it is. You can have it the day after it airs, two bucks. Yep. Definitely worth it. Yeah. It, it would be for me. And if that and if there's one show every weekend, that'd be, what, eight bucks to watch The Sopranos mm-hmm. every month. That'd be worth it. Yeah, it's the cost of a movie, but, you know, twice the content. So That's as not, far as, like... Yeah, time-wise. <laughs> absolutely. That's not all Apple introduced. Yep, they got the new iMac G5. And this G5 features a built-in iSight video camera for out-of-the-box video conferencing, Apple's new front-row media package, which gives the user a simple, intuitive, and powerful way to play their music, enjoy their photo slideshows, and watch their DVDs and iMovies. And uh, what else is it? Oh, it's only two inches thick. That's pretty amazing, really. Yeah. Uh, Apple also quietly released a new... That, well, the new iMac doesn't come with a built-in modem, which, oh, which yeah. is really weird. I guess Apple thinks that everybody has broadband now, mm. and that's sadly not the case. Right. So Apple is making a modem, an add-on, costs 49 bucks, and it's mm. just a little USB modem. It looks almost like a, a dongle. Really? You, yep. You plug it into your iMac, and it just hangs there, and mm. then you plug your telephone cord into that. But I don't know why they stopped bundling it. I mean, I, I'm sure that selling this for, for 50 bucks is a much higher price point for them than if they bundle it. But right. I don't know. This is just one of the... You know, Apple, of course, was the first to stop putting a floppy drive in, in machines, too, in a computer. Yep. So now they're probably... I, I, would, I would assume that they're probably the first not to bundle a modem in a newer generation type of computer. Yeah. You know, it... Modems never used to come in computers, but now that the the internet is here and everybody mm-hmm. uses it, and getting online is really what you buy a computer for nowadays. Right. Uh, not to have a built-in modem seems. I don't know. I, I think I don't know if. I, I'm just I, I'm torn about it. I know I'm stuttering, <laughs> but I'm like, wow. I don't I don't understand why they went and make it built in. It doesn't make any sense to me. I agreed when they stopped putting a floppy drive in Macs. Right. I thought, eh, who cares? Yeah. Who, who uses floppies? 
a lot of people still use modems. A lot of people don't have broadband access. Yeah. Uh, in fact, editor Russ Walkowicz only got broadband like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And he'd been calling almost every week up until that point, hounding the cable company and the telecoms in the area to get broadband in his area. And yeah. it took that long. I mean, to 2003 before he finally got broadband. Mm. Uh, let's see. Apple also released QuickTime 703. And that was basically to support the new uh, iTunes and the video codec and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And the Mighty Mouse is now standard on new iMacs. Yeah. Oh, okay. well. <laughs> I'm not real impressed with the... Uh, you can listen to, I think, what, three shows ago? Yeah, we went Podcast to the Apple Store and we, or something. we played with it. Yeah. yeah. With the Mighty Mouse, that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Samsung Apple deal dropped. This is from October 17th. Uh, a $3.8 billion investment deal between Apple and Samsung is no longer on the table, Reuters reports today. The Korea Economic Daily reported on Saturday Apple had pulled out of the joint investment plan due to deepening anti-Samsung sentiment among some South Korean politicians and civic groups. The paper quoted an unnamed senior Samsung official in the report. The source was quoted by telephone stating, We had had some talks with Apple earlier this year, but it did not work out due to differences over terms said the spokesman, adding that they had dropped the joint investment talks at a very early stage. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I My understanding was Apple had um, quite a bit of money to make in that deal, and I don't know, politics is, is everywhere, and, and mm-hmm. Apple had to do its best for Apple, and that's to pull out of the deal. Yeah. So, can't say I blame them with, uh, and I mean, I've been keeping up to date on what Samsung is going through in South Korea. <clears throat> well, it's uh, not good. I, I wasn't aware of anything. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't always check the net for all that stuff. So. Well, they, they cut Apple such a good price on, on the flash memory mm-hmm. that their own consumer division that sells flash-based MP3s, they couldn't even compete. Oh, really? And, and yeah, and a lot of people were calling it uncompetitive, that it was driving out smaller manufacturers that couldn't compete with Apple's price point on the flash memory deal. Mm-hmm. And... It, it was turning very ugly. And yeah. uh, I believe that they're under investigation in South Korea under their own FCC type of organization. I don't know what it's called. Like, wow. Uh, so Samsung's just in a lot of... I don't know if it's it's real trouble or it's political trouble, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's one and the same. So. Yeah. Um, October 14th, Tim Cook... Not Tim Robertson. <laughs> Tim Cook named COO of Apple, Rubenstein to retire. Apple today named Tim Cook its chief operating officer. Cook, who has been Apple's executive vice president of worldwide sales and operations since 2002, will continue to report to Steve Jobs, uh, Apple CEO. Tim has been doing a great job for over two years now, and it's high time we officially recognize it with this promotion, said Jobs. Tim and I have worked together for over seven years now, and I am looking forward to working even more closely with him to help Apple reach some exciting goals during the coming years. I wish we had audio of this yeah yeah so i could just get out the part that says tim and i have worked closely together for over seven years now <laughs> i just want that little audio clip wouldn't that be cool i could use that so easily on the podcast uh, i'm sure you'd use it quite frequently i'd too. put it in the beginning and I'd go why oh, thank yeah. you steve and then we'd hit the credits and yeah that would be cool uh we had a contest uh oh two weeks ago yes with rad tech and we were supposed to announce the winner last week but we recorded early which by the way we're doing again this week thus what was us? No Chris Siebel, no Guy Searle. I gave them zero warning yeah. again. I'm so bad. I'm just 
uh, guy and, and Chris must think I'm trying to get rid of him or something. And, yeah, sure, you're recording early. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah, we moved your you time put... slot, guys. Uh, <laughs> you're competing yeah. against Lost now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can download the video for one ninety nine yeah. <laughs> of Chris Seabold reading the... Uh, no? Um and, you know, some people have actually asked me, "Why don't are you guys going to do a video now? Are you going to do a video now? And I'm like, a video of what? Well, record you guys doing the podcast. Well, what the oh, hell would man. anybody want to see us standing here or sitting here talking to a microphone and each other when I, I don't... The, this is barely quality podcasting as it is. I yeah. mean, if you want to knock us down to, say, the cable access level... <laughs> if, if you really want to see what it looks like... Get two dirty socks, put one on each hand. <laughs> the one on the right hand is Chad, the one on the left hand is Tim. Mm-hmm. Now, occasionally let them look at each other and then look at the screen and look at each other and get like a toothpick, and that's the microphone, and then they talk to the microphone and they hold some paper. Yeah. You have the video. Yeah, oh, and if you have like a little little bottle of Mountain Dew for Tim and a little yep. cup of coffee for Chad, you're really all set. And a little crack pipe for Chad. <laughs> Just in case Seabold stops by. <laughs> no, that was heroin. Oh, you're right. <laughs> sure, crack is mine. <laughs> so we do have a contest winner for our... <laughs> let's jump right What a segue, huh? Yeah, no. Heroin, whoosh, right into our contest winner. Um, you, want, you want to read the... Uh, yeah, it's Ed Oden. Yep. He's from Vivian, Louisiana. And uh, Ed wins... The silver Bluetooth mouse. The 15-inch Radtech Neo case for the, the PowerBook. The clear clip for the iPod Shuffle. And the OmniCleanse. Uh, cleans. Uh, it's a four-ounce bottle. It polishes up and makes things look real nice mm-hmm. and pretty. Um, and, and this is cool. Hello? Hi, is Ed there? Is Ed? Hi, Ed. Uh, this is uh, Tim Robertson from the MyMac.com podcast. Hey, I just wanted to call you and let you know you were the winner of our Rad Tech contest. Wow. Cool beans, huh? Yeah, that's cool. All right. You don't mind if I uh, record this and uh, put you on the podcast tonight? No, it's no problem at all. Okay. Well, uh, you are going to be uh, getting all that stuff. And uh, I mentioned everything that was uh, in the package on the last podcast, and it went over a week. But uh, we finally picked the winner today, and out of about 700 entries, you were the one that won. So Great. Congratulations. Thanks a lot. You bet. And thanks for everybody who uh, sent in a submission for that. We're going to have another contest this week. Really? Yep. And we're going to have another contest next week. Now, so, that is impressive. Two in a row. We haven't done that in a while. No, we haven't done that in quite a while. Uh, also, on today's show, we're going to have an interview with Bill Palmer. Bill Palmer is one of my favorite writers. Mm-hmm. He says what he wants to say. Uh, he doesn't. He's no compromising when it comes to... His opinions, and I really respect that. And, yep. I've, and I've called him in the past the r- new Ronnie O'Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronnie O'Lane obviously was, a lot of people would say he was probably the most controversial Mac writer in a long time. And um, unfortunately, Ronnie died a few years back. Right. Um, and well, I'll, I'll go into that story eventually um, sometime as well. Because what we're doing right now, Chad, was actually what Ronnie O'Lane and I had planned to do uh, back in 2001. And uh, I believe it went into 2002. We had plans and everything. Is your iBook not waking up? Yeah. Yeah, just give it a whack and it'll wake up. Um, let's see here. We've got uh, a listener feedback. Do you want to do listener feedback or do you want to? Oh, you want to jump to a small dog ad? Uh, let's listen to a small dog ad. 
Email, this is Apple Airport Express. You're cleared for wireless takeoff from the living room. Internet, this is Apple Airport Express. You're cleared for landing in the kitchen. iTunes, this is Apple Airport Express. You're coming in nice and easy on our wireless runway. Apple Airport Express from Small Dog Electronics. Wireless networking anywhere you are. Browse, email, print, even listen to music. Wireless. Go wireless now with a 12-inch iBook, Airport Express, and carry case for $11.49. Small Dog Electronics in Waitsfield and on the web at smalldog.com. Small Dog is wireless. And once again, we want to thank Small Dog Electronics for sponsoring the podcast. Yes, thanks, Small Dog, once again. Uh, on the line, we have Bill Palmer from BillPalmer.net and Mac Mischief and iPod Garage. And, geez, what other sites do you uh, run and own there, Bill? I don't know about that Palmer guy. He kind of sounds ADHD to me. Can't focus on one website, you know? <laughs> that or he's very, with that guy. very ambitious, if nothing else. <laughs> so I, I, not very bored. Yeah, uh, I've likened you in the past to the new white Rodney O'Lane, and I meant it as a compliment. Um, but I kind of wanted to explain a little bit what I meant back then. It was that you write what you believe, and you really don't care what other people think about what you write. Do you, do you think that's fair? I, yeah, I mean, I, I care, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not going to let it keep me from writing, uh, you know, about uh, what I want to write about, I guess. I, I think it's admirable, and obviously I'm a firm believer of free speech and uh, hands-off when it comes to actual content and that sort of stuff, but um, you seem to have a whole lot of, uh, I don't know, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you just, you don't seem to have any fear. Hutzpah. <laughs> I guess, but you know, if you look at the Mac web, there's you know two or three hundred different Mac websites, and most of them are just repeating what some other sites said. I, I kind of was able to make a name for myself in the beginning by just writing what I was feeling, and you know, I I figure if I go against that now, then it's you know I'm I'm gonna you know you it wouldn't be as I much mean, fun, that's for sure. And you yeah, wonder, I, I I think I have a greater risk of losing my audience by you know by by being tamed and by continuing to, you know, stick with what got me here. Well, you, you've definitely, uh, quote, made it because you've had a stalker. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't believe I only have one, you know. <laughs> I watched, I watch, you know, the E-Hollywood True Story, and I'm like, well, you know, like Brad Pitt, he's got like 15 of them. So I feel, I still feel kind of left out. I need to get on the video I chat, I guess, to make... I guess. Yeah. I might drive all the stalkers away. I don't know. Well, I don't want to give uh, any more weight to who he was or what he was about, but I will say that he actually contacted me more than once, um, basically asking me to investigate you, and then when that didn't work, he wanted to know if he could post some articles on our site about you. And I just <laughs> thought that was very odd. I thought, well, why would you come to me? And if he was coming to me, I'm curious on how many other people... He may have been going to. Did you hear anything about that? Oh, he went. Believe it or not, um, and I mean, if you keep in mind, you know, a, a large portion of my entire revenue is based on advertising. He went to every one of my advertisers and asked them point blank to stop advertising with me because I'm a criminal. And the only reason I know this is because so many of them came to me and said, "Hey, just a heads up, there's some Looney Tunes out there." Boy, that um, that, that, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I kind of had. <laughs> I didn't this. lose a single advertiser. You know, probably have. I, in fact, I do have more now than I did then. But uh, yeah, but you definitely good. have to talk to them afterwards because they kind of want to know what's going on. Yeah, at least that's what happened to me. I I told a 
uh, off-color story about killing a bat a long time ago, and wow. <laughs> yeah, that blew up on us, that's for sure. Yeah, that, that was not fun. Uh, one of your biggest missives on um, on BillPalmer.net was your outright saying the uh, Mac Mini is a failure. Well, predicting yeah, it would be a failure. Well, predicting that it was a failure, yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I predicted that it, it wasn't going to happen, so it's kind of it's kind of wrong right off the bat. But then I, it was it was one of those times, and I always try to preface my Mac Mini comments by pointing out that. Um, you know, 95, 98% of, of what I have to say about Apple is, is positive because 95, 98% of what they do, I, I agree with and, and wish I'd thought of it. So, you know, when, when, when there's one thing that I'm kind of downing them on, it's, it's uh, you know, it's just sort of, it's, you know, I, I guess you could say it's honest. It, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to. Oh, no, absolutely. No, I, that's, that's what I think I like most about your writing, is that you, you don't hold back on how you feel about things, and you lay it all right out there for people. And he can't, right. he, he can't be too bad of a guy. A few Apple announcements. You know, I was kind of skeptical about the video iPod, and mm-hmm. now that I've seen it and I've you know, seen Steve make his case, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, this could work. But the Mac Mini was one of those few Apple products where I was really skeptical about it ahead of time. After I saw what it was, I was like, oh, God, it's even worse than I thought. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't remember the, I don't think this ever happened in, in all the time. That maybe with, you know, IDVD2, when that was the one, you know, the one more thing yeah. a few years ago. Um, but I, uh, you know, with the, with the benefit of 10 months of, of hindsight, uh, I, I still kind of, you know, I'm still kind of thinking, uh, you know, right after the Mac Mini first appeared in stores, I walked into the Apple store and saw it hooked up to a $500 computer hooked up to a $1,000 monitor. Yeah, it's kind of redundant. I went home and wrote that that was, that was stupid. And yeah. I couldn't believe that that's what they were doing. And I heard from thousands of people, I mean, I think almost literally thousands, who wrote in and said, oh, Palmy, you're an idiot, of course. It'll be hooked up to a $99 17-inch CRT by next week. Well, 10 months later, what's it still hooked up to? A $1,000 monitor. So... I'm not always wrong about the Mac Mini. No. Do you think that maybe uh, Apple released the Mac Mini to get people used to it, but it's really going to be positioned to something else in the future? Obviously, I'm talking about a media center type of device. You know, I I don't know about that because it's 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 got that killer slow hard drive. It's got a laptop hard drive in it, and, and it's you know you want to know my 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 current theory, and I'll preface this by saying that I I don't I don't really believe this. It's just it's amazing how how the facts kind of support this issue. Um, you remember about March or April, uh, Steve Jobs fired some guys, sent him home, and, and he sued Apple. He said that uh, Steve accused him of being manic depressive and he was suing on yep. on basis of, of mental discrimination. Yep, I remember. This guy was in charge of the Macintosh division. Remember when Apple split to two divisions? Rubenstein went to the iPod division. This guy whose name I should have looked up for it came on the air unprepared here, but... He was put in charge of the Mac division. And not long after that, and I, I know this is a, a touchy subject, I broached this lightly, but not long after that was when Steve had uh, his cancer. Steve was away from the company completely for a month, and then he kind of eased his way back in. And not long after Steve got back, like apparently the first big thing he did was he sent this guy home that was in charge of the Mac division. Now this was late 2004, and... What's the next thing we see out of the Mac division? The Mac Mini. So whatever this guy did with the Mac Mini, I'm thinking that it got him fired. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. 
And and then that begs the question was, did he screw up the Mac Mini, or was he not supposed to be working on it in the first place? Was he just a, a Looney Tunes who said, I'm going to make this behind Steve's back, and then I'll convince him of it when, when he gets back. So I don't think we're going to know the answer to that, but I'm thinking that Steve saw the Mac Mini and said, oh my God, I told him for seven years, don't build the headless iMac. I don't want this thing. You know, we're doing it all at once. And then I think maybe he thought about it and he said, you know, other than the hardcore geeks, there's no one on earth who would buy this thing. It's so bad. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a joke. Let's put it out there because all these people want to switch to Mac. This will guarantee that we'll get twelve ninety nine out of them now because they'll run to the iMac. And yeah. I really can't wonder, you know, mm. with the eMac disappearing, I really wonder if that's not, you know, something of what Steve's thinking is here. Well, it's disappearing from uh, everything but education, from what I understand. Um, we'll see how long that lasts, is, of course. it's Yeah. Um, what else you got going on, other than uh, BillPalmer.net, obviously, is more or less your blog site. What else you got going on? Uh, well, well in, as far as commercial interests, I've got, I've got two things. I'm publishing iPod Garage, which we are working to make the best iPod website in the world, if we can, and... Uh, that's been really, really busy. And and the other thing is a company called LoadPod, where we load your CD collection into your iPod for you. It sounds pretty simple, but uh, mm-hmm. one of those things that the mainstream media seems to love and constantly want me to talk about. And so so that's become a lot bigger than I, I thought it would too. And uh, you can't you can't I'm, you can't complain about the free press though. No. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because New York Times or Business Week or even MacWorld will call and. They'll, they'll keep asking about LoadPod, and I'll try to say something about iPod Garage or something about the Mac, and it's like they don't even hear it. It's like, but tell us about LoadPod. I'm like, oh, come on, you know. Let me at least plug something that's uh, a little more uh, intriguing. <laughs> what was your first Macintosh? If in, And not only the first, but what was your favorite Macintosh, you think, of all time? Okay, my first was a Performa 405, which no one's heard of because it was it was the latter day name of the uh, LC2. Actually, let me stop you there. I had a Performa 410. Oh, with different software bundles, same hardware. Same hardware, different software mm-hmm. bundles. Bought that on closeout. I was about you know I was in high school at the time, so that was my first Mac. Before that, I was on the Apple II. Uh, my favorite Mac, um, you know. I really, if I want to be sentimental, I gotta say it's either the original iMac or the original iBook, of which I have both, and they're sitting here in this room. Um, certainly not usable today, but I just I love the uh, the advancements that, that they both were at the time. Uh, groundbreaking, really. The 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 toilet seat clamshell iBook. <laughs> yeah, and you know it was oversized and it was it was overly heavy, but. You know, I'm on a, on a G4 white iBook, and I'll tell you, you know, when I the rare times I do type on my old clamshell, it just the aesthetics are so much better. I think you know, so. They can kind of go back to without making the the iBook back into a whale again. Just kind of hmm. integrate the. I like I like the curvy. Yes, yes, exactly. I and I've said in the past I have a, a G4 iBook, uh, the tie book, one gigahertz, and I love it. It works great. But when it comes to pure typing, I prefer uh, to go back to the, my lumbar G3 because the palm rests are nice and curvy and it's just much more comfortable. Um, when I type on the, the G4, I get those lines on my wrist uh, from the edge of the power book. And I, I just don't think that aesthetics-wise, it, it works as well as the older machines do. Well, you know, you know, thin is in now, I guess. That's the, that's the thing. If you look at the Nano or the iBook. or the Supermodels. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on to the to the show today. Um, we've got a full show ahead, and uh, 
I definitely wanted to get you on, and I like to get you on sometime in the future as well. Um, so I appreciate your time, Bill. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Oh, thanks for having me, and, and believe me, anytime, you know, just uh, give me a holler. It would be a privilege to come back on again. Any last parting shots you want to uh, shout out to anybody or anything? Yeah, am I the only one in the world who who kind of kind of flinches when Steve pronounces it automatically during the presentation? Automatically, yes. yeah. I read that, on Earth. I, I read that on your blog, and I thought about it, and I thought, you know what? He's right. Yeah, exactly. And I, I watched the the, lay, the the one more thing keynote, and uh, he does exactly that. And I never noticed it before until I read your blog, and then I, I'm you know because of you now, that's what I'm always going to hear. So thank you I for know. that. <laughs> you know, it was bothering me. I wanted to root for everybody. That's right, and you did. Thanks a lot, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. And Bill Palmer is going to have to be one of those um, people that we're we're going to have to have him on more often. I mean, yeah. He number one, his sense of humor is right there with ours and Chris Siebold's, and and number two, I just really respect his opinions, and mm-hmm. I think he would be fun to have on. Uh, obviously, not every week because he has a life right <laughs> we don't but he does uh but occasionally you know bring him back every six weeks or so and yeah uh, i know he's going to be uh skipping that part of the podcast and, and picking up where we picked up so thanks a lot bill we do appreciate that yeah thanks bill had a great time we got another contest this week as i was talking about the new contest this week is with uh ProSoft engineerings and we're going to give away two copies of their brand new well it's not brand new it's actually been out for a while but um Drive Genius Software, two wow. copies. So we're going to have two winners this week. Great. Uh, uh, let me see. ProSoft Engineering is actually a very small company. They've only got 10 people, and they're based out of Pleasanton, California. ProSoft Engineering is a private company, and the owner, Greg Brewer, has been developing for the Mac since 1985. Wow. You know, that's, that's 20 that's, years now. Yeah. Uh, ProSoft has licensed multiple technologies to Apple, including disk utilities, plug-and-play drivers, CD-burning software, and drive setup. Uh, they now focus on developing utility software products to empower everyday Mac users to effectively manage and protect their data. ProSoft is also very active in MUGS, which is Macintosh user groups, mm-hmm. all over the country, and they just returned from visiting Austin and Houston MUGS, and they'll be heading to Florida to present to Englewood and Fort Lauderdale groups as well. So if you're in... Uh, anywhere close by Englewood or Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, find out when your next mug meeting is, and uh, ProSoft is going to be there, which is going to yep. be very, very cool. I wish, I wish we, you know, the closest to, to us that I've seen would be Detroit. Yeah, and we really, really probably need to contact uh, the Detroit mug. I'd really like to go up there. You know, maybe every. Not every meeting because they meet once a month, but maybe every other meeting, mm-hmm. and actually do a podcast from a mug. Wouldn't that just be fantastic? Oh, that'd we, be fun. We, we, could, take, could, we could take questions. We can talk to people there. We yep. could, you know, have special guests on right there. If, mm-hmm. if they've got someone like, I don't know, Bob Levitas is going to be there, we can go up do a podcast and have Bob sit down with us and mm-hmm. and whip out a quick podcast. I think yeah. that'd be really cool. Yeah. And I'm sure we can get something arranged. I've just been lazy and... Actually, it's not lazy. I'm extremely busy <laughs> lately. I've got like five different projects going all on, yeah. on at once. But uh, so we are going to give away uh, Drive Genius. This is really really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the? Uh, you got it up there. Yep. 
Uh, do you want to read what Drive Genius is and why yes. our listeners definitely want a copy? Drive Genius is an OSX utility designed to provide unsurpassed storage management. Featuring an easy-to-use interface, Drive Genius is packed with powerful tools such as a drive optimizer, a comprehensive repair facility for analyzing, repairing, rebuilding volumes, plus excellent testing capabilities with media surface scanning, performance benchmarking, and data integrity checking. It can be used to initialize drives, create and delete partitions, and erases them securely as per Department of Defense's standards. Drive Genius can also hide partitions and duplicate volumes or drives swiftly. And last but not least, Drive Genius features advanced tools for resizing and moving of volumes without reformatting. Which is really, uh, really, really cool. Yep. And it sports a sector editing tool to modify the data on any sector of the drive. That's incredibly powerful and uh, very intuitive. We've actually reviewed uh, ProSoft's Drive Genius at MyMac.com quite a few times, I believe two. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, um, David Weeks has reviewed it both times. I might be mistaken, yeah. but I know David David Weeks did at least the last one. I believe he did the first one as well. So we're uh, we're happy to give away um, ProSoft Engineering's one of their flagship products. Yep. You could check out ProSoft Engineering online at prosofteng.com. Yep. P R O. I can't read it from here. P R O S O F T E N G dot com. Yep. Or just check out the MyMac show notes for show number forty nine. We'll have a direct link to ProSoft. So, Chad, what do you think we ought to make people do to win a copy? And, of course, like I said, we're going to give away two copies. Well, they just need to send us an email at contest at, at mymac.com. Contest at mymac.com. Contest at mymac.com and put ProSoft Engineering. No, let's just say ProSoft. Just ProSoft? Yeah. Okay, put ProSoft in the uh, subject line, and please include your name, address, and phone number. In the body of the message, obviously, not in the subject yep. line. And this contest will end Monday. What's Monday's date? Monday is You have, the like, a calendar on your computer, too. 23rd. 20, 24th. 24th. Okay, so October 24th. Uh, ooh, the 25th is a big day for me, by the way. Yeah. Uh, oh, Yeah. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto Liberty Cities comes out for the <laughs> PSP. I'm dying to play that. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to give that away. Uh, two copies. Midnight on Monday, October 24th is when we're going to give it away. Uh, let's see. And uh, I'm looking forward to finding out who's... Yeah, make sure you put your name, address, and telephone number. Yep. And if you see a uh, a call coming in on your... What do you call those things? The... the Caller ID, ID, and it says Timothy Robertson. Chances are you that means you probably won. So pick up the phone and go, Yeah, I won! <laughs> pick it up and say, MyMac.com rocks! Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like they do on that. radio stations and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah. No, I would hate to do that. <laughs> Tim and Chad, you rock! <laughs> you, you hear those contests, and you got to answer and go, Make mine, Q106. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, we don't know. Not going to do no. that. Um, and uh, we're going to uh, give the results next week, obviously, yep. on podcast number 50. Mm. 50 podcasts in the bank Yep, next and week. we will also be having a contest for MyMac podcast number 50. Yep, so, so we're going to have another contest next week, and I am proud to say uh, we already know what the product is. We already know the company. We're working with, in our next podcast, Macromedia, and we're going to be giving away 
a copy of Studio 8, which is a $400 program. And we're going to talk about more about that next week. But this week, let's focus on ProSoft Engineering's new Drive Genius software. It's really great. We're giving two copies away. And uh, even if you won before, you're still eligible. That's right. Uh, let's see. I think that's all the contest information we're going to do this week. That's cool. Hey, Tim and Chad. This is Andrew Darlow. I'm a loyal listener and a reader of MyMac.com. I think you guys do a great job, both on the podcast and on the website. And I especially like the, the recent iPod Nano review by Guy Searle and the Invisible Shield review by David Cohen, also for the Nano. So uh, really good stuff, very timely, and uh, kudos to all of you. As far as your request for Mac-related stories and things like that, I thought I would uh, leave this message. And I have an original 128K Macintosh, which was upgraded to a whopping uh, 1 megabyte, and I really uh, got a lot of use out of that through school, and, and uh, just it's just a great, great machine. And I hold in my hand a Macworld magazine, the premiere issue from 1984. On the cover, it says here, it's a gentleman named Steve Stephen Jobs, chairman of the board, Apple Computer. And there's three Macintoshes in front of him. And this is a wonderful issue because it has like all, all kinds of information about how they came up with the, the architecture for it and how it uh, you know evolved from the Lisa and how they wanted to make it uh, affordable for people and um, how you know all the pieces came together and it's it's just really really uh, really wonderful to to read and to look at and there was a really interesting uh, interview with a gentleman what's his name an interview with Microsoft's Bill Gates uh, seems as though uh, you know Microsoft was really a a big uh, contributor to the original Mac, it seems, at least on the software side. And it says here that Bill Gates discusses Microsoft's role in developing the Mac with Macworld publisher David Bonnell. And I don't know exactly uh, how, you know, how much they, uh, they shared, but regardless, uh, there was obviously a lot on the software side. Uh, Microsoft came out with a number of titles. And he he said some interesting things with regard to uh, some of the things about the power of the machine. So he says here, the Mac is an 8 megahertz, 68,000 machine. If you take a PC Junior, configure it up, and set it side by side with the Mac, there will be more than 3 to 1 difference in raw horsepower. Since the PC Junior has about two-thirds the horsepower of a PC, the Mac has easily twice that of a PC. That's a lot of power. And that power can be exploited in many ways, including moving bits around on the screen. And then he uh, continues, and at the end he says, the Mac will be remembered as one of the great classic machines. And uh, I think he's right. It's still a classic. And apart from that, there were no real product prices in here except for some modems which were uh, there was a, a 300 baud modem that's selling here for $225 list price and a 
1200 baud modem for $495 this price and then there's some other things like the carrying case and and uh, but that was about it for this issue however I have in my other hand the February 1987 issue of Mac user I believe this is the, the oldest one I had and on the cover is something called the Dynamac and this is essentially the first portable Mac they pulled apart pieces of the Macintosh and created this uh, maybe I could call it a laptop it's it's very it's very uh, ingenious and you know they are to be commended so I thought that was interesting and there were a number of nice articles a lot more color in Mac user uh, than obviously the original Mac world and uh, a number of of different products with pricing things like the Photon 20 megabyte external hard drive the one that sits underneath the Macintosh I actually have one uh, I believe it's from another company but this one is $589 for 20 megabytes and the 30 megabyte external was $795 they even had a 20 megabyte internal for $795 and the 20 megabyte hard drive and 20 megabyte tape backup was $1,495. I, I sort of did the quick math and it seemed to me that you could get about 500 times the storage today f for that for those prices as far as the the actual uh, hard drive space and if you take uh, uh, inflation into account it's probably like thousand to fifteen hundred times more storage uh, for the same money and I didn't work out the RAM because I didn't oh yeah here 2.5 megabyte upgrade of RAM it's called monster RAM five hundred forty five dollars for 2.5 megabytes so I had the uh, the Mac plus with with one meg and I stopped there so I thought you would find that very interesting. Uh, what's also interesting I find is I had purchased a, a G3 power book about five years ago in the year 2000. 400 megahertz Pismo Firewire. It had a 6 gigabyte hard drive which was fine for like OS 9 at that time and a lot of my applications even Photoshop and Quark and what's funny is I soon grew out of that so I moved to like a 20 gigabyte and I figured, oh, that's fine, you know, no problem at all. But then when I moved to to Jaguar, and then I started adding, or, or Panther, when, and then I started adding more and more applications, I soon needed a 60 gigabyte, so I swapped that in. Then I kept just putting the this, these smaller drives in small enclosures, which uh, is a great great way to to keep using them, and then they become sort of backups. Uh, for the for the uh, operating system and um, now one partition on my 60 gigabyte drive just holds my uh, operating system for OS 10 and applications and also uh, my um, email um, attachments and that's like 13 gigabytes just just for that so I have a whole lot of apps but still it's it's unbelievable how 
as time goes on, you need more and more space for, for applications. I think there's some kind of uh, collaboration between the hard drive manufacturers and the software uh, writers, so especially with graphic apps. And apart from that, I think uh, that's enough. And uh, thanks for taking this trip down memory lane with me. And I hope that your listeners enjoy also taking the trip. Bye-bye. And thanks to Andrew Darlow for giving us the uh, MP3 feedback. That was pretty interesting listening to uh, some of the highlights from the very first. Uh, yeah, and I've said I would I would love to be able to... I don't have those old issues of Macworld. I yeah. used to have quite a few. Unfortunately, I didn't keep them. But I think it would make a really fun segment to occasionally pull out an old issue and mm-hmm. go through the ads and give prices. And then, like I said, take the same product and jump on eBay and see what we can buy it for now and see what the difference is. I yeah. think that would be fun. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, what that was was obviously an MP3 feedback file. Mm-hmm. And those are pretty easy to make. And in fact, right now, up at MyMac.com, you'll find right underneath the listing for this podcast is Nemo's 10-point tutorial number three. In it, John shows how to record MP3 feedback using Audio Hijacks Pro. So go up there and check that out at MyMac.com, Nemo's 10-point tutorial. Yep. Uh, Russ Walkowicz also has a review of the Griffin iVault. It's a case for the iPod Shuffle. So that's always nice. Some guy named Chad Perry. Have you ever, have you heard about this guy? Yeah, I heard he's a hack that sometimes throws Keeps things onto the website. Popping up every now and then. Yeah. Uh, he did a review. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about that review, Chad? Yeah, I did a review of the uh, AirPlay from Extreme Mac for the iPod Shuffle and the iTrip from Griffin Technologies, which is a wireless FM transmitter. We don't want to give too much away on the podcast. That's what the website's for, and that's yep. what you wrote it for. So go up and check out Chad's review of Road Rules, two FM transmitters, transmitter reviewed. Yep. Uh, We've got uh, Maxpiration, the download drawer from Donnie Ankelo. And once again, Donnie comes through with a great how-to. Yep. And uh, we also have posted iMovie on the cheap. If you've got five bucks and you want to buy a really good ebook, check out Chris Siebold's uh, $5 book. I mean, you would never know this is a $5 book if you actually yeah. print it out and read it. You would think this is much more expensive. And if you really are interested in doing video podcasting, you should probably read this book before you go into it because Chris is going to save you a lot of hassles and headaches. Uh, Neil Monks has a blog called Video iPod and Innovation Too Far, and that's a really good read. I also posted a Amazon.com link to Pirates of Silicon Valley. It's the old TNT movie about Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care if I make a dime from anybody clicking that link. And I just saw it up there on Amazon. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's such a good DVD. And I really enjoyed it, even though it's like half the story because it right. stops right before the iMac comes out and everything changed. Yeah. Um, and I've said in the past, I'd love to see that continued and, and brought mm-hmm. up to date. But uh, that link is up there. So it's, it's a cool... Uh, DVD to pick up. And obviously we do want your MP3 feedback and it's real easy to do. Read John's um, tutorial on how to do it and send it to us. What we're looking for is old Mac stories. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the first Mac you had. uh, Maybe some disaster that happened on your Mac that you actually hopefully saved the data. Mm -hmm. Somebody that called you, some PC user that just, what a nightmare it was and you went over there. Relate that story to us. We'd love to share your stories. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is record it as uh, an MP3 or convert a file to an MP3 and send it to us at 
mymacpodcast at gmail.com. Uh-huh. See, I was going to mess it up, but you got it right this time. Yeah. <laughs> we do have some uh, reader feedback I want to get into before we go into the main thrust of our the rest of our show here. Um, Tor Eric Melovic. Did I already? No, I'd never read this. This is from October 9th. He sent this email and it says, I'm saving up for a new computer and want to switch to a Mac. I would be using it primarily for music production and I'm having a hard time figuring out the specifics of which Mac I need. I want to be able to hook up two guitars and two microphones to record with simultaneously in GarageBand. I'm currently leaning towards a 17-inch iMac since I would need a monitor as well. Uh, do you know if the iMac is good enough machine for this, or will I need an extra sound card? Well, let's start with the sound card. No matter which Mac you buy, you do not need a sound card. No. So that's great. If you're real serious about um, getting sound into your Mac, you probably want to go with... I, I don't know what your budget is, obviously. And if you're looking at the 17-inch iMac, I'm assuming your budget isn't too high. Mm-hmm. I would strongly recommend getting a G5 desktop machine. You're going to get a lot more performance, a lot more expandability. It does have digital audio in, and um, it's much more expandable than iMac. You can add in a second hard drive. Because let's be honest, when you start recording music and audio onto your Mac, it's going to start eating up that hard drive space really, really quickly. Right. And so uh, with, with an iMac, to get that extra storage, you're going to have to buy an external FireWire drive. That's not bad. It will mm-hmm. work good. Um, but you're going to get a lot better performance if you get a G5 with an internal drive. Right. Um, an ATA drive built right in. It's going to be a lot faster. Uh, probably, um, I would say it's probably going to last longer because I've never had a FireWire drive that's lasted me more than a few mm-hmm. years. I just beat the crap out of them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, and you will also need to get yourself a monitor for that, too. Or if you do have an older PC monitor with a VGA, you can get an adapter, and your old monitor will work yep. with the uh, PowerMac G5 tower. So, um, yeah, the, the iMac will work just fine, uh, the 17-inch. And, of course, you can get more today. For just a few hundred more bucks, you can get the 20-inch iMac. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll work. Uh, I would suggest the G5 tower, but... If if it's economics and you don't have a monitor, yeah, the 17-inch iMac will, sure. will do you just fine. In fact, we record the podcast on a uh, G5, but there has been times that I've recorded this podcast in GarageBand. Of course, it's just one microphone plugged in, mm-hmm. but I've recorded it on a PowerBook. So uh, I clicked the same same uh, email, so I want to switch back. Christopher um, Wiki. Wiki sent me an email which i thought was kind of funny because i noticed this listening to the show the next day and he says i only just heard the latest podcast i believe it was two podcasts ago because um, he's been very busy uh for assignments and tests um, but one of the problems someone had uh was with word 2004 on a powerbook g5 and he says he wishes he had one and mm-hmm. obviously i meant i i was having problems with word on my g5 as well as my powerbook g4 yeah <laughs> i don't have i don't have those kind of connections at apple i do have <laughs> a couple that's not one of them so um and uh let's it's one more uh, this is one i i definitely wanted to read last week and i would just uh we got yeah swan- we got nailed last week and it says uh and this is from Vinny bishop uh he says he's a new mac user and he's from England, uh, and we have a lot of listeners in England, yep. a lot in the UK, uh, a lot in Australia. So w- mm-hmm. our listeners really are, are global. So, yep. um, and, and he says he has uh, 
he has a couple of questions. He's, it's not really questions. Some of them are kind of a rant. And it says, Apple's delivery time in the UK is about two weeks, if you're lucky. That's for an iMac or an iPod or whatever. Uh, he had just ordered an iMac with Apple Protection Plan, and they are sending the iMac from Ireland to Holland to meet with the protection pack, then to be brought back to the UK, at least if it... At least it will be well-traveled. Yeah. <laughs> My concern is this. How does the world's best computer people get this vital part of the service so very wrong? It may be different for you guys in the States. Anyways, I will be very pleased when it does arrive. I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it, I, I don't know. It's, it doesn't take that long here in the United States. I can right. tell you that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. If any of our UK listeners has an answer to that... Please let us know. Uh, obviously, we'd prefer audio feedback so we can play that on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let us know what's going on. Does it take that long? Always, when when you guys order something from Apple, it takes weeks to get to you? It doesn't wow. sound right to me. It, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's going to blank Bangladesh or something, you know. Well, apparently it's going to Ireland and Holland, so... <laughs> yeah, what the heck is that about? Uh, the second one is, and, and, and this one I can't answer, if you have a lot of photos, do you just import them into iPhoto, or do you put them in the iFolder or iPhoto folders? In other words, he's got mm-hmm. all his pictures from his old computer, and he wants to move yep. them over to the Mac. What? How does he do that? Very, very simple. Put all your folders, fo- sorry, put all your photos into one folder, and simply drop it right on top of iPhoto. Mm-hmm. iPhoto will copy all the folders, separate them, store them for you, and that's all there is to it. When you're yep. done, just throw away that folder with all your pictures in it because iPhoto actually copied them. Yep. And you're good to go. Simple as that. Couldn't mm-hmm. be easier. I know it's a, it's real hard for Windows users to get their heads wrapped around how simple it really is mm-hmm. to use a Mac. But it's not difficult. Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fastened seatbelt sign. This is if Chris Christensen from the Amateur Traveler Podcast. Come to the Amateur Traveler Podcast, hear travel stories, learn how to travel smarter, learn better travel resources, or learn what happens when travel goes wrong. The Amateur Traveler Podcast, travel for the love of it. For your comfort. In the unlikely event of a sudden loss of cabin pressure, oxygen masks will descend from the ceiling. Stop screaming, grab the mask, and pull it over your nose and mouth, and breathe normally. Yeah, that's going to happen. In today's focus segment, we're going to be talking about the Mac Media Center. That was a big thing that seems to be going around the internet right now. What Apple's plans are for a media center, and it looks like the new iMac G5 is a shot directly across Microsoft's uh, Media Pro. You know their whole um, media package yeah. thing. Yeah, Xbox 360. And Apple pulls out this tiny little remote. How, what's it got? Six buttons, I think. Six yeah. or seven buttons. I forget off the top of my head. Um, and, and they show it next to Microsoft's Media Center remote, which has like 5,000 buttons. <laughs> and obviously what Apple does is it empowers people to use this very complex technology in a very simple manner. And that's yeah. what makes things trans- go from um, computers that are very difficult to use, i.e. DOS, mm-hmm. to the Macintosh. That's what right. Apple does. That's what they're great with. That's why the iPod is so popular, because it's so easy to get music on and off and take it with you and it's so easy to operate yep so what's apple going to do in the living room that's kind of what bill palmer was and i were talking about as well mm-hmm. so and if you ever read if you read bill's latest uh posting on his own website uh, yeah BillPalmer.net, he, he kind of hints at that yeah too. where do you where do you put an imac in your living room and personally i don't want an imac in my living room yeah nor I, I, do i want a laptop 
Right. I don't want a laptop in my living room. I mean, you know, uh, I have one in my kitchen, but when I'm in the living room, I'm not in there to use the computer. You know, I'm, I'm sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. Same with you. We're, you know, you're on the couch. Maybe you listen to music in there, and if you do, you can obviously stream that from your computer to your stereo. Um, no, when my laptop is in the living room with me, it's there to do work. I mean, literally what's happening is usually my wife's watching something I'm not interested in, and I'm I'm doing work. I'm typing up employee reviews, or I'm doing something else, but whatever it is, it's, it's work-related. If the, if the laptop's in there with me, I'm doing work. Well, my whole contention, um, well, it's not a contention. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I should say... I think that the Mac Mini eventually will find its way into the living room as a Mac Media Center, and Apple just showed you how they're going to do it, why they're going to do it, and that it can be done. Mm -hmm. They showed you the how with the software, front row. Imagine that on your television. They showed you the how with the remote control. Mm -hmm. Imagine that remote control paired up with a Mini. They already have something very tiny as far as a, a small footprint to put in the living room, mm-hmm. that's the Mac Mini. I mean, right. you don't get any smaller than that, really. Mm-hmm. I'm, obviously, a laptop is thinner, but it just, it, you know, you have to open the screen. Right. Um, the iMac is not the media center. Uh, this is just a way for Apple to get the same technology into the iMac and into dorm rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're thinking, you are thinking anyways, that the Mini is actually that media center. I, that's what I think it's so going So people to are going to be getting their 40-inch plasma HD... Um, TV and plugging their mini into it. Well, you know the this is the way I look at it. You, you, Apple creates a built-in DVR and TV tuner with high def capabilities, not a third-party add-on that's going to have to be built in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easily expanded via FireWire. So if if you have a a Mac Mini and Bill mentioned it's got a slow hard drive, it's got the notebook type hard drive in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to change eventually, too. It's going to have a faster hard drive. But even if it doesn't, a Mac Mini can stream video right now, even mm-hmm. with a slower hard drive. So I don't think that's an issue. But you can also expand it with um, a FireWire drive enclosure that looks just like the Mini and could sit just right underneath it, very right. small. There's already products on the market just like that. You've already got a super drive in it, so you can play your DVDs or even burn your DVDs if you're going to make home movies. Um, obviously, the uh, Apple's new uh, remote and frontware software makes it easy uh, and it's probably the most easy media center on the planet, and it looks easier to use than my DVR. Um, what it needs, though, it needs a better, better video card with upscaling technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, yeah, that you can buy those videos off of the iTunes Music Store, but it's going to look like crap compared to what you're used to watching on your television. Right. So it needs to be able to upscale that video so it looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 512 megabytes of RAM that comes with the Mini is fine, although they probably want to double that. Yeah. Uh, it does need HDMI and VGA and line out, which is RCA, mm-hmm. video outputs. It needs RCA and optical and digital outputs mm-hmm. for audio. Um, and the Fair Play is fine for purchase videos online. Uh, but here's the thing. The ability to burn DVDs from your content would be great. But even if it doesn't happen, in other words, you can't burn a DVD for what you downloaded from the iTunes Music Store video-wise, mm-hmm. so what? How about this? How about the ability to rip your own DVDs to the internal or, preferably, an external FireWire hard drive connected to the Mini 
and then that will act as a true media center. Mm. DVDs then become simple storage. I mean, you you buy a DVD, and it's just storage. Mm-hmm. What you do is when you bring your DVD home from the store, you put it in your Mac Mini, it rips it to the media center, which does nothing but store it on the external firewire hard drive. Mm-hmm. And when you want to watch it, you just use Apple's remote, it brings it up, and it's a perfect copy. It's right there. Mm-hmm. When it rips it to the... I know a lot of people are saying, well, no, because if you do that, then people are going to start mm-hmm. sharing it. And pirating. And, nope. Yeah. But here's what it does. When Apple's software rips it, it automatically puts the FlayerPlay DRM on that file. Mm-hmm. So it will only play on your Mini. Mm. How's that? Is that not a solution or what? No, I think it's a great solution. Uh, you can't share it at that point. Yeah. And if something happens to your Mac, you lose your data. <gasps> well, you still have your original DVD. That's what it's for. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole, well, what if you rent them? Then you can have all these movies. Well, I don't think that's that big of a deal anyways because the only people that are going to watch it is the person who rented it in the first place. Right, and they've already paid a rental fee to begin with, and usually you don't rent something more than once. Ex- absolutely right. So you'd have your entire DVD library, and let's be honest, uh, hard drives are getting bigger and bigger and holding more and more capacity. Well, you can get a terabyte hard drive now. Yeah, I mean, so... Yeah. Th- I, as easily as expandable as that would be. And you could also network drives. You know, you can have a couple drives sitting on your G5 or mm-hmm. Pentium Mac in the other room, and it can actually stream it over your home network to your media center. Yeah. So you don't even have to rip it to the iMac. I just think that would be convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's where the video iPod comes in. You can take your own DVDs, rip those to your, well, that's already ripped to your media center, but you can mm-hmm. sync those up with your iPod, and you have your movies to go. Mm. So, for instance, for me, I have kids. I, they want to watch Toy Story. I put it on the iPod. It just takes a few seconds to transfer it over from the media yeah. center. I put it on a little stand on the center console of my car so the kids in the back seat can see it. Boom. Mm-hmm. Heck, I can even transmit it over wireless FM so the sound plays in the car speakers. Oh, yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's it's truly a media center at that point. When I could take the content I already own and put it on the Mac and I can share it with devices I own... And I will accept the fair play or any other kind of DRM as long as I have access to my own material, mm-hmm. my own property, if you right. will. Um, I think this is a great idea. I think it would work just fine. And I think this is where Apple's going. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think that obviously the market's there. Everybody's right. buying DVDs. Everybody's buying iPods, it seems. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants um, the convenience of having all their music and all their movie and all their pictures, everything in the living room so that when you have friends over, family over, you have it all right there. They can see it on your TV. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, it, it's just got such a small footprint. Um, it's already silver like many other uh, home entertainment system components. Right. They could even come out with but, a black one. Well, But you even need that because you can buy decals and paste-ons that you put over your Mac Mini already. Yeah, and it would that would look great. Yeah. I mean, um, and here's something. It's it's. I'm not going to read the entire story, but um, and this is from Computer World, and this is, I think, a missing component which a lot of people don't think of when they think, oh yeah, Tim's got a great idea. They should just do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that everything in your entertainment system does that the Mac doesn't do, and what is that? Instant on. When you turn yeah. on your TV, it's on. on. Right. When you turn on your DVD player, it's, it's on. on. Well. Who's going to want to wait to... Well, yeah, it's, do it's I want to wait a, a yeah. minute and a half to two minutes for one device to boot up? I think that would be a huge inconvenience, and, and mm-hmm. nobody's going to want to do that. So here's Intel, as this uh, ComputerWorld.com report 
Uh, Intel today unveiled a new technology that significantly reduces the time it takes uh, for a network PC to power up and access programs while also improving battery life. Intel's new Robson Cache technology ensures an almost immediate startup of Centrino-based notebook PC during a live demonstration at the Intel Developer Forum in Taipei. While a laptop with identical hardware but without Robson took several seconds to boot up. The laptop Robson also opened um, Adobe Reader in point four seconds. That's not even one second. Point four seconds. Wow. Uh, while the notebook required 5.4 seconds to open it, it opened Quicken in 2.9 seconds, while the laptop without Robson technology needed 8 seconds to do the job. The Go secret ahead. behind the Robson non-volatile cache technology is NAND flash memory. Instead of booting from the hard drive, a laptop using Robson would turn to standard NAND flash memory instead. The difference saves time and battery power, according to Intel. You know, I, I think that's the missing technology. You put that NAND technology, NAND, NAND flash memory, this Robson technology, in future generation Intel Macintoshes, Mm-hmm. makes it, you know, immediately pop on. That You know, it's not waking from sleep. It's, it's boom, it's on. Yeah. I think that's the missing ingredient to make the Mac Mini, you know, migrate from the computer room or the office or wherever it's at into the living room and mm-hmm. become the center of a true media hub. It can stream data back and forth from your other computers. It can sync up with your iPod and your video iPod. Mm-hmm. It can burn your or take your DVD collection and make them immediately accessible. How, how, how nice would it be to have all your DVDs with one button click away instead of having to go in the other room or wherever they're at and search through and someone forgot to put it in the case and know where the heck is this yeah. DVD? It's all, it's all right there. It could stream it to multiple televisions in the house with a sw- simple switching technology. Mm-hmm. I think the the Mac Mini, with those capabilities, and here's the thing: all of those capabilities are here right now. Mm-hmm. This isn't technology we're talking about for the future yeah. or stuff that Apple would take years to develop. It's all here right now. Mm-hmm. It's ready to go. Give us it. That's what I want. Yeah. And and I and I'm quite sure most people want. Uh, if not exactly those capabilities, something very similar. Mm-hmm. And I think Apple is in with with the deal that they just made with Disney to get content sold via iTunes. Yeah, I think that is going to open it up for Apple to dominate the living room mm. as they're going to dominate the cell phone market eventually. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> that's our show. You got this something w- in the wings there. Yeah, that's our show this week. We have a uh, big show coming up next week. Number fifty. Uh, be sure to enter our contest, and uh, we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at our RSS feed at MyMac.com or by visiting the iTunes Music Store's podcast section. Please send all feedback to MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the MyMac.com podcast.